Welcome to Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, a podcast dedicated to helping modern-day believers live out the teachings of the first century church. This podcast is part of the teaching ministry of Dr. David K. Bernard. Dr. Bernard has dedicated his life to studying the Bible and helping believers apply its message to their daily lives. In Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, Dr. Bernard answers your questions about what the Bible teaches and how those teachings apply to everyday life. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus referred to what has become known as the unpardonable sin. And he said, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the spirit will not be forgiven men. Then he added, anyone who speaks a word against the son of man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him either in this age or in the age to come. All that sounds serious, it sounds scary, and it sounds a little strange all at the same time. What exactly did Jesus mean by all that? Well, let's approach this biblically, theologically, and pastorally. Now, one of the basic rules of biblical uh, interpretation is you have to look at the context. So let's look at the context. Jesus is dealing with Jewish religious leaders. So if anybody should understand the workings of God, understand truth, understand the Holy Spirit in that day, it should have been these leaders. So Jesus was casting out demons, and they began to attack him. They couldn't deny something was really happening. So they tried to explain it. Well, he's casting out demons by the prince of demons. He's, he's full of the devil, and so the devil has power over the little demons, and so he's casting out demons by the power of the devil. Of course, Jesus pointed out the absurdity of this on several levels, if Satan is fighting Satan, uh, how can his kingdom stand? A house that's divided against itself cannot stand. That's ridiculous. And by the way, you Jewish leaders, you have people that you say are casting out demons. Are you willing to say they're casting out demons by demons? How are they doing it? Mm -hmm. But so then he gives a warning. You better be careful because if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you can't be forgiven. Now, if you blaspheme me, you could, you could be forgiven. So what does that mean? Well, in the context, they were attributing the work of the Holy Spirit in Jesus to a demonic force. That was the danger. Now, why would it not be as dangerous just to directly accuse Jesus? And, of course, it's interesting because if you approach it theologically from a Trinitarian perspective, you've got a real problem. Some, people, some Trinitarians have said, see, two persons of the Trinity. You can blaspheme one and get away with it, but if you blaspheme the other, you can't get away with it. And, of course, as with almost all Trinitarian arguments, my answer is it proves too much. If that's really true, okay, you got two persons here. Well, one person is not equal to the other person. Right. There's an inferiority here. So are you willing to say there are two persons? Well, then you, there are two unequal and inferior persons. Are you only go with that? You know, that the Holy Spirit is more important than Jesus? Uh, so they're not willing to go with that. So I said, well, then you're off on the wrong track. That's the two persons argument is not the argument. It's not the correct, correct interpretation. What is the correct interpretation? Well, Jesus says the Son, that's God coming in human identity. So let me paraphrase it like this. Jesus is saying, look, you might not know who I am. God manifests in the flesh. You just see me as a man. So you could reject me. You could speak evil against me. You could blaspheme me because you don't, you don't know. You just think I'm a man. And of course, blaspheming a man is, is wrong. You shouldn't hate or curse or speak evil of a man, but it could be forgiven. So he's saying, if you don't know who I am and you curse me, 
later, God could show you the truth. You could repent. God could forgive you. So this is exactly exactly what happened with Saul of Tarsus. He said, I was a blasphemer, mm-hmm. but I got forgiven. So there's a perfect example of someone who blasphemed the Son of Man, but yet got forgiven. But now, what if you blaspheme the Holy Ghost? Now, that means to speak evil, to reject, to curse, to deny the Spirit. I think that's more than just words. You know, some people get very afraid, well, I was very depressed or angry and I cursed God. So did I commit the unpardonable sin? I said, no, let's look at this whole context. Something this serious, it's more than just verbalizing the frustration of a moment. Here's what's going on. To blaspheme the Holy Spirit is to deny the Spirit completely. And go back to the context. Jesus was full of the Spirit. He was God manifest in the flesh. So when he cast out demons, it was by the Holy Spirit in him. The Jewish leader should have known better, but they should have known who Jesus was from the prophecies. They should have been acquainted with the work of the Spirit just by nature of their office. They they should be able to feel God's presence. (laughs) Whether they knew who Jesus was or not, they should have been able to feel God's presence. And as Jesus pointed out logically, they should have known that the devil's not casting out the devil. God must be working here. So on multiple levels, they should have recognized the Spirit. But they were denying the Spirit. They, they were watching the work of the Holy Spirit and saying, that's the devil working. Well, notice how dangerous that is. So it's not, we're not talking about you sin so bad that God just doesn't forgive you. God says, well, I have a lot of mercy, but you sin such a horrible sin. I don't have any more mercy. I'm going to cut you off. That that's, doesn't correspond with the nature of God as we understand it. So don't look at this as God cutting a person off. Look at it as a person cutting God off. So here's the point. If the Holy Spirit moves and you say, oh, that's the devil, or you say that's psychological manipulation, how are you going to be saved? There's no way you could be saved because the only way you can be saved by the Spirit drawing you. So the Spirit draws you, you say, oh, that's the devil drawing me. I'm going to reject that. Well, nobody could ever be saved like that. So if I pray for you, oh, God, please move him and show him the truth, you know, convict him of his sins. So God says, okay, and God starts moving. And you say, well, that's the devil moving. That's the devil talking to me. Well, my prayers can't get past your blasphemy. The Holy Spirit working in your life can't get past your blasphemy. So I take you to North American Youth Congress and 37,000 people worshiping God. The power of God's all over the place. You say, yep, that's the devil. I, I can feel that. That's the devil I'm feeling. Well, how are you going to be saved? So Jesus didn't say they had committed the sin. He said, you're in a dangerous place because you are a religious leader and you are watching God's spirit move. And you say, that's the devil. That's dangerous because if you persist in that, there's no way you could ever be saved because the Holy Spirit is the only way by which you could be saved. So to me, blaspheming the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, the unpardonable sin would be a knowing rejection of God's spirit that's so extreme that you can no longer recognize God working in your life. And so therefore, it's not that God refuses to save you. He refused to forgive you because you're so bad. But it's that you have maneuvered yourself in a position where you no longer can be touched by God. Would Just interrupt here. Would you say that a person who feels like I'm concerned that I've committed that sin, wouldn't that be a signal well, that they haven't committed right. it? My, so now let's talk pastorally. When people come to me and say, I'm so afraid I've committed this. I say, well, that's proof you haven't. Because if you had really done that, you would have put yourself in a place where you would no longer feel God's presence. You would no longer have a conscience. 
you no longer have a desire to be saved because the fact that you're feeling conviction, that means God's spirit is drawing you. So the fact that you're concerned about this means, no, you haven't committed this sin because God is dealing with you right now. So go ahead and repent. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful, which means he'll do it every time. And just to forgive our sins, don't go by your feelings, go by the word of God. So my point in summary would be blaspheming the Holy Spirit or the unpardonable sin would be someone with knowledge. So in our day, probably someone who's actually received the Holy Spirit or at least very well acquainted with the work of the Spirit and then come to a point where they say that's of the devil, that's psychological, that's, um, you know, manipulation. And they could get to the point where they box themselves off where they can't encounter God. So I would say that's a dangerous thing. The, the practical solution would be when God draws you, respond. But if you feel like you've committed that sin, that's a good indication. No, you have not because you, you have conviction. So respond to that conviction. Repent. Ask God to forgive you and trust that according to his word, he has forgiven you. I think in many cases, this warning that Jesus gave, don't reject God, don't reject the working of God, don't attribute God's presence to the devil. But if God is moving, then you acknowledge it. That legitimate warning in many cases has been misunderstood to the point where people fear their salvation when they shouldn't. They should just respond to God's spirit. That's what Jesus was trying to say all along. Hey, if you feel that way, <laughs> Seek after God and you're going to be okay. Thank you for listening to this episode of Apostolic Life in the 21st Century. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a moment to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. We also appreciate it when you share Apostolic Life in the 21st Century with a friend or family member. Finally, join us again next time as we look at how the Bible applies to everyday life.